Good afternoon to all of you. It is really indeed uh, a pleasure and, a, and an honor uh, to be here today. Let me say this, that uh, one of the great uh, philosophers, Voltaire, said uh, brevity is a soul of wit. So I'm going to make my remarks very short because I really would like to have questions uh, from you with regard to all the things that you may be concerned about. But let me just start off by saying, uh, tell you a little bit about myself. Um, Ed Lewis, I was born in the South Bronx of New York City. My mother was a beautician. My father, a janitor at City College for over 25 years. My stepfather worked in the garment industry. That was my nuclear family. Fortunately for me, my mother came from a large family in Virginia, in a county called Prince Edward County, Virginia. And for those of you who may not be aware what Prince Edward County means in the history of the Civil Rights Movement, it was one of the counties that figured in the Supreme Court decision of Brown versus Topeka that ended segregation May 17, 1954. And my family was intimately involved uh, in that decision. From the time I was five until I was almost 15, it seemed to me the hour of school was over in my early days. My mother had me going to my grandparents' farm where I planted, plowed, worked in the tobacco fields, cut down trees. And my grandparents uh, truly believe that hard work kills nobody. It was there that the inculcation of the importance of education and the work ethic became a part of my fiber in terms of what I am today. In New York, I was a pretty good football player. I was an old city fullback and got a scholarship to the University of New Mexico. The only thing I knew about New Mexico then, this is 1958, was that the atomic bomb was built in Los Alamos and exploded in El Magordo. At New Mexico in 1958, there were 8,000 students. There were five blacks and one black woman. And so we were forced, my colleagues and I who came, the other seven blacks who came that year to integrate and to, to really get to know each other and get to know Hispanics whites and Indians at the University of New Mexico. I did play football for one year. I lost my football scholarship. I was not as good as I thought I was. <clears throat> but I went on because of the importance of education to go to undergraduate school and undergraduate school in political science and international relations with a, a minor in Russian and Chinese history. I then went to graduate school to uh, Georgetown Law School, and I discovered the law was not meant for me. And that was one of the first failures that I had in my life, and one begins to realize that one has to pick oneself up, because in life you have your ups and your downs, but you gotta keep on moving forward. And from that experience in learning, I went on to work at Citibank, where I became an analyst learn how to use a computer, and understand the importance of cash flows. But even while I was at Citibank, an undergraduate and graduate school, there was something ticking within me because I had a desire and a dream to accomplish something. And that desire and dream came about, as I said to you, I spent my summers in, in Virginia, working on my grandparents' farm, but more so working with an uncle, my uncle Tracy, who had his own business who cut down trees, but more importantly, 
He used to talk to me about having control over one's life, having control over one's destiny. And the only way you can have that is to have something of your own. And that having something of your own propelled me to come together with other colleagues in that fateful day for me, November 8, 1968, when my other associates and I came together to talk about an idea about bringing a magazine out for African-American women. And so that journey started then. Essence was born in May of 1970. We're now 30 years old. After 1970, we had a circulation of 50,000. And as I speak to you today, we have a circulation of over 1 million with a readership of close to 7.5 million. In essence, communication has grown mightily over those uh, 30 years, so much so that one of the areas that we also are dealing with is another magazine that I helped start uh, four years ago because an extraordinary Mexican-American young lady came into my office in 1993 and told me about an idea for a magazine for Hispanic women, a bilingual magazine called Latina. And I had said I would never start another magazine after having given birth to Essence. But I was struck by the commitment, the passion, and the knowledge that, like African-American women when I started Essence, that people didn't want to believe that there was a market out there for Hispanic women, that all Hispanic women may be on welfare much like black women were thought of as being on welfare. And so after having said I would never do something, and never is too absolute, I decided to get behind this young lady because I believed in her, and knowing that someone is going to do something in this area of providing a voice for Hispanic women propelled me to get involved with Latina Magazine, which is now four years old, and doing quite well, by the way. And with the, the changes that are taking place demographically within our society, with blacks, Hispanics, and Asians, more than likely going to represent over the next 10 to 15 years, maybe half this country, we all have got to find a way for us to communicate, for us to feel comfortable with each other, and to deal with, with each other because we all are Americans. Essence Communications is, people ask me, where do you want to go? And I've often said I want to be just like Time Warner, or soon to be, hopefully, AOL Time Warner. And what do I mean by that? Essence should be the magazine, Essence Communications, that really provides everything African-American women and Hispanic women need to have from the cradle to the grave. And what does Time Warner do? They provide books television, um, now uh, the internet, and we're going to be all involved in all these kinds of things. As the gentleman said, I do have, in essence, um, a TV show uh, called The Essence Awards, in which we celebrate the achievements of African-American men and women. Uh, several of the honorees uh, that are here today, uh, Dr. Ben Carson's, as well as Lauren Hill, and I think uh, I saw Earl Jones uh, Earl, um, have been here, have been a part of the Essence Awards. And we really do try to celebrate the achievements of African-American men and women who are doing things in our community that people may not be aware of. Is one other thing we do, too, over the 4th of July in New Orleans. We put on a music festival there in which at the Superdome, in which 
over the past four or five years, we've been able to attract, particularly last year, over 180,000 people have come to New Orleans to participate with us in a musical event and seminars during the day with the theme called The Party with a Purpose. And we there extend this brand of Essence Magazine to make sure that black women begin to feel good about themselves. 30 years ago, what permitted me to come into the marketplace is that the other women's magazines, Harper's Bazaar, Glamour, Vogue, Mademoiselle, Good Housekeeping, we're not talking about the beauty, the intelligence, the aspirations of black women. And so we started on this journey. We felt that if we put out a quality publication that black women could feel, could feel good about, that she could call her own, that she may be supportive of this uh, desire to have something that I wanted, to have something of my own, and to make sure that we put something out of value for African-American women. And so I'm here today and I stand on the backs of so many uh, different people who came before me, that permitted me uh, to be here to speak to you today, but above all, uh, the one person who was ultimately responsible for my being here is a person who is no longer on this earth. It's my mother. Because without her judgment, caring, bringing me into the world, discipline, I would not be here in terms of what I am today. My mother said to me on many occasions, I have three things I'd like you to do. I want you to be a good man. I want you to be a proud black man. I want you to try to do the right thing and to take care of your family. Thank you. Questions? I'm from Berkeley, California. Um, what are your feelings on affirmative action? I have been a strong supporter of affirmative action. Uh, and let me give you my definition. Affirmative action for me is just to open a door. And once the door is open, then I have the gifts, skills to achieve whatever uh, tasks are before me. I feel so strongly about this issue that um, uh, when Essence uh, had his first musical event in, in um, New Orleans uh, in 1995, which was quite successful, um, the very next year we had a change in government down in Louisiana, and the, um, the next governor, a gentleman by the name of Governor Mike Foster, issued a, a decree that uh, banned all uh, affirmative action in the state of Louisiana. So I decided uh, not to take the Essence Music Festival back to New Orleans. And as you can well imagine, that precipitated uh, quite a response. Um, and um, the way we promoted the, the festival was through the magazine. And so word got out that the uh, festival was not coming back to, um, to um, uh, Louisiana. And I was asked by the Lieutenant Governor of Louisiana if I would meet the governor. Uh, and I just decided I would. And I went to Baton Rouge and met the governor. And we had a three-hour discussion, and he modified his uh, decision with regard to affirmative action, which permitted me uh, to make a decision to go back and uh, participate in Louisiana. 
but because I was not able to promote the, the festival uh, through the magazine and other venues, uh, I lost over a million dollars uh, by doing that. That's how I believe with respect to the importance of this issue of affirmative action, because we're not living in a, on an playing, uh, equal playing field. And to the degree that we achieve that, we're going to have to have measures to make sure that obstacles are not putting, put in our way because of one skin. All I ask is that let the door be open, and then if I have the skills to produce the results, that's all I want. And that's my definition of affirmative action. Yes, uh, how have the publishing empires such as Prime Media and uh, Time Warner affected the independent publishers such as yourself? I, they have, they've had no impact on, on myself, even though Essence is a, a uh, private company. Uh, we operate like a public company. And we fill a niche, uh, the niche in the marketplace with regard to African-American women. And the magazine industry over the past uh, three or four years has enjoyed uh, tremendous uh, growth. This economy that we all are benef benefiting by, uh, and, and I've never seen anything in my lifetime the way the economy has performed. And so the print media uh, has done well um, and will continue to do well with regard to advertising. And even with the internet, uh, we're going to be all right because print is going to be here for a long time. Thank you. Thank you.